Thoughts up arise, we have sweet After our labors are over, then rest to our souls will be given on that eternal shore. Hi, welcome back to Sid's Notebook. I'm your host, Delano. This podcast complements my blog, Sid's Notebook, at sidsnotebook.wordpress.com, where I post essays that are based on my personal Bible studies. I deal with doctrinal issues and explore topics that pertain to Christian living. I use this podcast to expand more on certain topics that I write about. Longing for longing for heavenly for humble the ransom beside the green In today's episode I want to focus on the first seven verses of Romans chapter one. Um, I've already written a commentary about um, a commentary on this uh, chapter. Well, it's really from verses one to seventeen, um, and I also wrote another essay that is based on this particular passage it's called our duty as bond servants of christ if you haven't read uh, my commentary or this particular essay i welcome you to go to my blog at sidsnotebook.wordpress.com so you can read those and you can come back and listen to this podcast um if you can also do it the other way around you can listen to this episode first and then you can go and read the commentary and the essay um basically what i want to do in this episode is that i want to talk a little bit more about being set apart um or being called to be a saint which is um, a concept that comes up at the beginning of the chapter. So it's kind of still related to my uh, essay that I wrote about being a bondservant of Christ. What does that actually mean? And um, and so I want to just go a little bit, uh, dig a little bit deeper or look at another perspective of it, right? So in my essay, I talked about uh, what it means to be a bondservant. Um, Paul begins that um, begins this chapter talking about himself being a bondservant of Jesus Christ um, and being called to be an apostle. Um, and so I talked about in the essay that being a bondservant of Christ uh, means to give up your will and to carry out the will of God. You're basically a slave to God. It is spiritual enslavement because that's what the word bondservant 
refers to. It refers to being a slave. Um, and so I just focused on what do we need to do as bond servants based on what Paul talks about. So Paul is talking about being an apostle, being a messenger of God, preaching the gospel, because towards the end of the passage in um, Romans 16, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, he talks about not being ashamed of the gospel um, and that he was going to preach the gospel in Rome among um, the Jews and, 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 and Gentiles or uh, Greeks. And so he's talking specifically about spreading God's word. And so that was more of my focus in that particular essay, right? So what I want to do is kind of um, take another look at this um, passage um, and kind of explore something else um you know i have a i to prepare this episode i wrote out um just an outline um to kind of focus on mm, what it means to be set apart or what does it mean to be called to be a saint so in romans chapter one verse one um, and seven, it says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. And then in verse seven, he says, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Um, okay. So, first of all, so what does it mean to be set, set set apart or called to be a saint? So, I wanted to kind of define some of these terms. So, set apart, when you look up set apart and the, the original word um, in the text, it means to um, literally uh, to mark off by boundaries. Um, or to um, set apart for a particular purpose. Um, when we look at the word called, it means uh, to be called um, out, to be summoned, or to be invited, or to be appointed. So it's basically an invitation an invitation to carry out a task, if you want to look at it in a literal sense. Um, and then as far as biblically, we have um, a, an invitation to salvation. And we see that idea in Galatians uh, chapter 1, verse 5. Um, and this particular invitation is by God. Um now, another word that comes up when exploring this this topic is the word chosen, and so I'm gonna I want to look at that. So, chosen, um, chosen is referring to a choosing out or selecting 
or a choice that's made by God. It comes from the verb um, to select, to choose out for oneself. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of look at that a little bit um, as we talk about this topic. And then there's the word appointed. And the word appoint, the word for appointed um, that's in the text, that's in the original text, it means to put, to place, to lay, to set, or to fix, or to establish. Um, and then biblically, um, the way that it's used in different verses, uh, it means to make or set for oneself or for one's use. Okay, so first I want to look at Paul's case, right? Because in verse one, it says um, that Paul was called to be an apostle. He was separated to the gospel, right? So when we look at the case of Paul, we see in Acts chapter nine, verses one through 19, we actually see the account of Paul encountering Jesus on the way to Damascus, right? And he was told um, after he was blinded and, you know, and, you know, as he was on his way to go um, persecute Christians, um, um, Jesus told him to go into the city of Damascus and to wait for certain instructions, right? And during that um, time that he was on his way there, um, Jesus um, told Ananias, right? Ananias had a vision uh, where Jesus told him to um, go to Paul because he was cho a chosen vessel um, of his to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's um, in verse 15. So Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Um, so right there we see the word um, chosen, right? Um, we see some other references um, to Paul's being chosen or being set apart and called, right? Um, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, uh, it says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. And one of the things I didn't mention before I started this was that I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, so depending on the version that you use, there may be some different terminology. Uh, but whatever uh, word is being used in that um, um, in that space for the, for the word separated or, uh, set apart, it all means, uh, they all mean the same thing, right? It all is coming from the same original, uh, Greek word, right? Um, so, so, so we see here in Galatians 1 verse 15 that Paul is referring to his, um, his, um, case, Right, of being separated um, by God. And it was something that was God's will. So it was God who did that. He separated him from his mother's womb. Um, and he called him, right, 
um, through his grace. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Um, And that's referring to um, right before Barnabas and Paul are going to do their ministry. And this is really at the like right at the beginning of Paul's uh, ministry um, that we read about in Acts. Um, And we see that they are separated, both Barnabas and Paul, who at that point is being referred to as Saul, to do this work, right? Um, and there, and and the Holy Spirit says, um, to which I have called them, right? So once again, we're seeing both separated and called in this in this context. And then in first in First Timothy chapter two verse seven, uh, it says, for which I was appointed um, or made, as we see. In, um, from the definition, a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So this is Paul once again referring to himself, referring to his case as being appointed or made a preacher, right? <clears throat> so Paul was um, separated and called out for a specific purpose. And we know that that purpose from um, these passages and from uh, Romans chapter 1, he was called out to be a preacher of the gospel. He was, um, he was commissioned. He was given a specific task, right? Um, now, if we go to the case of the Romans, uh, the Roman Christians, um, Paul talks about them being called, right? And they are being called for a specific purpose, right? And their purpose is to be saints according to that text, right? So in verse 7, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says that they were called to be saints, right? So from this particular um, text, that is their um, purpose. And since he's talking about uh, Christians there, I mean, he's talking to the Roman Christians, but we as Christians, those of us who are Christians, we also take that to apply to us, right? So he's not only talking about, he's not only talking to the Roman Christians, he's talking to us also. Like we can take from this text and apply it to us, right? Um, and so when it says um, called to be saints, that is if we're, if we're looking at the meaning of words, we know that um, called, being called is an invitation. And um, saints, right? Saints, um, that word means holy, 
right? So we are called to be holy. The word, the, the Greek word, um, the actual, the Greek word for there actually means to be set apart, um, or to be holy or sacred or different, right? So it kind of takes us back to the idea that the same idea from, um, that we see in Paul's case when he was separated or set apart, right? It's the same thing going on here when he's talking about um, the Roman Christians. They were called to be saints. They were an, it was an invitation to be holy or an invitation to be set apart, to be separated out, right? Um, and that, and with that meaning, it actually means to be um, different or sacred. And we see this idea in Leviticus. Um, if you read throughout the book of Leviticus, God is setting up the Israelites to be um, holy people, right? In a, in a, in a, in throughout the text, he says, you you will be holy because I am holy, right? So basically, what's going on here um, as Christians, we are being set apart to be like God, right? Um, at least that's how I understand it when I see it here. When I when I go back to what He did with the children of of Israel, which were His people. He wanted a holy people. And so today, we are his people. We are to be holy like him. So we are called to be saints. So we're called to be holy, separated out from the world. Um, so uh, being called to be a saint is part of God's purpose. Um, and it's according to his grace and we see that idea in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 where it reads and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose um second Timothy 1 9 says who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So um, I thought this was an interesting passage because it starts off by saying, well, this verse, um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it starts off by saying, who has saved us? So right there we see salvation. And then it says, and called us right um with a holy calling so we can kind of see that salvation and calling can be different things but part of the same package right so you're saved and then you're invited or expected um or invited and expected to be holy, right? So you receive salvation through Christ, right? But in being saved, you are receiving an invitation 
to be holy, right? Um, and when I think about that, it's almost like a process that you have to go through. It's not that, the like, yes, w- when you are saved, you're, I think in God's eyes, you're automatically set apart, but you also have to work at um, living a life of being set apart. You have to strive to be set apart. Like there are certain um, behaviors that you are going to begin picking up, and there's going to be a certain way that you're going to live. Uh, that you're going to live life, right? And so you're going to be. And I'm going to. I think I may talk about that a little bit uh, later on as we continue this. But, but yeah. So. Um, I, I, when I, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting because, um, of the way that he, um, kind of separates out those two things, but then at the same time, it's part of the whole package, right? So you're saved and you're, um, called, um, to be holy. Um, so like I, like I pointed out before, Paul is writing to a group of people who obeyed the gospel, right? Christians. So that means that being saints applies to us also, right? And we see that in First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2 and 24, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So that's referring to all Christians, right? So all Christians are sanctified and called to be saints. Sanctified is coming from the same word as saints, right? Whole, like holy, right? So um, we are sanctified in Christ Jesus. We're called to be saints along with all who in every place call on the name of, the, of, 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 of Jesus. All those who call on the name of Jesus are Christians, right? And so all Christians are called to be saints, right? Um, verse 24 says, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks. And normally when we see that term, when we see that phrase, both Jews and Greeks, that's referring to everyone, right? Um, all people are called, uh, because in, in that time, that's how, that, that's how, um, people were classified, right? You were either a Jew or a Greek or Gentile, meaning the rest of them, right? So you have the Jews and you have the rest of them. Um, And so when you see Jews and Greeks, that's all people, right? Um, So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you 
out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here we see a lot of different terms. We see chosen. We know that means to be selected. Holy, set apart from the world. Special, which means that we're God's uh, possession. We are redeemed with the blood of Christ, bought with the blood. Um, and then called means, like we said, invited. So we're invited to live a life freed from sin and to walk in the light of God, right? That's where that, um, that, that verse is, is teaching us there, right? So Christians are God's chosen generation. Um, in some translations, generation is, um, expressed as race, right? So we're his chosen race or chosen people, right? And we're holy we're a holy nation and we're his possession right so i would say that when we think about this um being called um to be holy to be saints and we're chosen um i look at this as kind of like a preparation for Christ's return, right? So like I said before, we are saved and then we're invited in that salvation. We're invited to be set apart from the world. And so when we live that life um, set apart from the world, it's kind of like a preparation for being um, for Christ's return, for judgment, right? For that day of judgment. So when I thought about that, and I was, I thought about um, the parable of the wedding feast um, in Matthew chapter 22. And for sake of time, I'm not going to read it because I already feel like I'm going along with this but um i just want to give a quick summary of that um of that verse i mean of that passage um that that parable um and then kind of talk about what what's being said there or at least what's the meaning that i'm getting from there um and so in first of all, we see that there's a king um, who sent out um, his servants to call the invitees to his son's wedding. Um, so these were people that were already invited and he was um, invited and he was calling them by um, um, he was calling them to come to the wedding, but they refused to go. Um, apparently, they had better things to do. Um um, so he decided then to send his servant to those who were, um, to those who weren't originally invited to the wedding. So they had to go out into the highways to invite these people and they invited both good and bad. Um, and the wedding hall was filled once everyone arrived all those who decided to to show up to the wedding however 
as the king entered, he noticed that one of the guests uh, wasn't dressed properly. And so he wasn't wearing the wedding garment, right? So he wasn't dressed. He wasn't wearing what he needed to wear to be in the wedding. And so the king had his servants bind him up and throw him out, right? And then Christ says, after he gives this, um, after he um, gives this parable, um, he says that, well, at the beginning of the parable, before he says it, he says, um, this is how the kingdom of heaven will be, right? So this is kind of like telling us, okay, this is, um, this is something that's going to happen during the day of judgment, right? When it comes to that, to that day, right? Um, and then he says, in, um, then he says that in verse two and then in verse 14, after he gives the parable, he says, many are called, but few are chosen, right? So many are called, uh, few are chosen. So we know that God wants all people to be saved. And we see that in second Peter chapter three, verse nine. So the call or the invitation is for everyone. However, not everyone will be chosen because everyone won't have on the proper garments. Now, what do I mean by that? Having on having on the proper garments. So we are chosen based on living a life set apart from the world. So being chosen, so being called is one thing, right? Everyone is called. But being chosen is going to be based on something, right? Like I said, it's going to be based on how we live our life. Are we living our lives set apart from the world? Are we living our lives dressed in the proper garments? Right. Um, when we look at Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-four, um, it talks about righteousness and holiness. Also, Revelations nineteen, verse eight. So Ephesians 4.24 says, and that you put on the new man. So we're putting on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, Revelations 19 verse 8 says, and to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints right so there we go with that same idea of being um set apart saints holiness and righteousness that's how we are we're based on being righteous being holy that's what the garments represent um also the garments represent a newness Right, and we see that in Colossians chapter three, verse ten, it says, "And have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him." And Second Corinthians chapter four, verse sixteen says, "Therefore we do not lose heart, 
Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So there's, um, we're renewed when we have on these, um, the proper garments. The proper garments also represent being undefiled and unspotted. Revelations chapter 3 verse 4 says, You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And James chapter 1 verse 27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Also, shamelessness, that's um, the proper garments means that we're shameless. Revelation 16 verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So, so when it says that when the when when it says in in Romans chapter one verse seven that uh, the the Christ, that Christians are called to be saints, it means just this right here. We have to be righteous and holy renewed undefiled and unspotted from the world and shameless right those are the garments that we we have to put on garments that represent that um this is how we are going to this is how we are this is going to determine how if we're going to be chosen or not so we're called but are we going to be chosen on that on that day or are we going to end up being like the the man in the parable of the wedding feast who didn't have on the proper garments he was called he got the invitation he responded but then did he have on the proper garments once he was in the wedding he didn't we have to have the proper garments on or we'll end up being binded uh, being bound and, and and thrown out so how do we get these how do we get this proper garment, right? Um, we know that Christ is coming for an undefiled people, um, which is the church. And we learned that from Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Christ is the savior of the church, which is his body, Ephesians 5.23. Uh, we, as the church, must be holy and without blemish. That's in verse 27. So what do we do? to 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 be holy and without blemish we have to put on the new man we saw that in Colossians in, in in colossians uh chapter 3 verse 10 how do we do that according to romans 6 verses 1 through 6 we do that in baptism if you read all of if you read all of um, those verses it talks about being a new creature and that's in the context of baptism and in baptism we're placed in the church or in the body first corinthians chapter 12 verse 12 says for by one spirit we were all baptized into one 
body, right? Um, and then we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, that the Lord added to the church or to the number um, those who were being saved. And in that context, we see that this was occurring. Those who were being saved were the ones who were being baptized, right? Um, so as I look at this, um, this, th these verses and think about being set apart, um, it's, we are being made holy. We're being set apart. We're, we're being, we're putting on these garments. Um, we're putting on the garments of holiness, um, through Christ, right? And so it's not that we can do it of our, of our own works as we saw in, um, I believe it was first Timothy, um, I believe it was first Timothy where it says that it's not of our, um, own works that we, um, are called, but it's by his own purpose and grace is second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. Um, it says that we are saved and called not according to our work. So it's not anything that we do um, that we receive the calling um, or that we are invited, right? Um, and even in being um, made holy, it's not anything that we do. We put on those garments through Christ, but we have to maintain that um, by being undefiled by being unspotted from the world, by being separate, by being different from the world, not participating in the things that the world participates in, which are a lot of things. And actually, when we continue reading um, Romans chapter 1, going into 18, going all the way to the end, we see a lot of uh, sins that were being committed by the Gentiles and by the Jews that Paul um, uh, talks about and charges the people with. And so we have to strive to live a righteous life and be um, separate out and not participate in those, uh, in those activities that they were participating in. Um, and I write, uh, I actually, I've already written um, an essay um, from that uh, based on that passage. So um, you can go on there to to look at that also. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, that went on to be longer than I expected, but um, hopefully uh, you learned uh, from that and I appreciate you being here. So thanks for tuning in today on Sid's Notebook. Uh, please feel free to contact me if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. Also, please let me know if you have any suggestions for topics that you would like me to discuss. I can be reached on Twitter and Instagram. Just search my handle at Sid's Notebook or email me at Sid's notebook at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you soon. God bless. Longing for, longing for